0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
0: Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong.
1: Welcome in. Episode 124,
0: Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler and Coomzy with you. As always, the pod delivered by our friends at DoorDash where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25. That bad boy, you know what it does. It gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app.
1: Get it. Coomzy, things are happening. Second episode of the week for us. So here's something I have to bring up now that you've done the ad read. And since we just did Oilers Nation Radio and our bit that we were doing is Liam kept on saying over and over again, ding dong. But what keeps coming into my mind whenever I hear that little jingle is Mm -hmm. ding dong. The witch is dead from the Wizard of Oz. Okay, is that weird? Yeah, a little bit. Is that kind of random? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Is that good advertising? You're a quirky dude, though, so it's expected <laughs> from you. I'm an enigma.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what we've gotten from the last couple days, <laughs> basically since our last show. When did we record last? Friday? No, man. Uh, yeah, you're right. Last it Friday. was Friday. It was Friday. Yeah. So since Friday, let's start with the Kevin Kiermaier news, which broke yeah. pretty much the next day. Um, when the Jays traded away to Oscar Hernandez, we all said, all right, they're going to go get someone who, you know, is maybe a left-handed bat, still hits well, but gives them really good solid play in center field so you can move George Springer around. I'll be honest, Kevin Kiermaier, if that's the only addition of this outfield, I'm a little
1: disappointed. I think the best way to look at this, and a million people pointed this out on Twitter, as always, I didn't uh, keep track of who said it. No, why it, would so you? we can't credit them, because <laughs> that's what we do. But this is, you should view Kevin Kiermaier as the replacement for Rymel Tapia as the fourth outfielder. Okay. Tapia, he did some things well. He was a left-handed bat. He made contact. He had good vibes, too. He's a cool guy. hmm And they're replacing him now with someone who, when healthy, is an elite defender, Kevin Kiermaier. We all know him from Tampa. He won the gold glove three times. It was 2015, 2016, 2019. He's had some injury issues recently-ish. And I think he's turning 33 now, so there's a little bit of concern. But that's a pretty significant track record of very, very, very good defense. So if you're losing Tapia and replacing Tapia with Kiermaier for defense and for a lefty bat, sure. But, like you said, if that's your Teosca replacement, that's not ideal because what Kevin Kiermeyer brings defensively is not going to entirely replace teoscar Hernandez's offense you need you need to add another bat here to to compensate for that. So they can't be finished just yet, hopefully, yeah, and
0: we'll touch on some maybe potential other targets that they could take a look at um with Kiermeyer specifically, the upside there, like. He feels better than arguably anyone, but he's got to stay healthy to do it. Yep. But that is a guy who is a significant defensive upgrade on Tapia and Zimmer. And then you combine that with just how good he is or that he's better with the bat point blank. It, it's a decent ad for the money they had to give up to do it. Like, I'm not knocking the, the the addition. I'm just saying I hope it's
1: not the only thing they do. Have they said what the money is yet? I think it's 8 million. Is that what it was? Because, yeah, there was there was nothing about that for it's been like days now. And I I don't I haven't been looking in the past, you know, hour or so. So unless something's happened. But. Wait, are you looking? Do you have it? Um, I believe it's 8 million dollars. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Like, I mean, there there was some like suggestion like, oh, man, what if this is like a two or a three year deal? That'd be a little fucked up. But, I mean, given the age, you'd expect them not to be offering term, the age and the injury. So, if it's a one-year, one-off thing, sure, that's more than fine. Yeah. Why not? Uh, It seems like a pretty low-risk kind of addition.
0: Uh, The second move that I guess we got to discuss is one that, honestly, I didn't see this one coming. We hadn't heard the Jays. At least I hadn't. And correct me if I'm wrong. They weren't really connected to Chris Bassett all too often. It was a lot of, oh, they're going to go like the high, high end and get a guy like Carlos Rodon or they're just going to bring back Ross Stripling or whatever. Um, What was your first reaction when you saw the news that the Jays had inked Chris Bassett to a three year, sixty three million dollar deal?
1: Well, it was completely out of the blue because I remember it was one of the names where people said, yeah, the Jays aren't really in the mix on this guy. Like the names that we heard they were in the mix for were like Kyle Gibson. And then all of a sudden they just go and sign Chris Bassett. And it at this point is the um, third highest average annual value put out on a contract for a starting pitcher behind, of course, the Justin Verlander and the DeGrom money, Mm -hmm. the insane contracts that they signed. So the Jays ponied up twenty one million dollars a year for Bassett. It's three years. And I think what they were looking for here, what they liked is that he's a little bit older, but more established So when you think about Ross Stripling and the season that he just had and what you have to do to replace that, it's not even a guarantee that if you bring back Ross Stripling, he's going to have the exact same season. So they went out and acquired somebody who's been around a bit longer. He's had success. Chris Bassett finished um, in back-to-back years, 2020 and 2021, eighth and 10th in Cy Young voting when with the Oakland Athletics. There's, of course, a bit of skepticism because when you're pitching in Oakland, it's obviously a very pitcher-friendly park. But then in 2022, he was traded to the Mets when Oakland was blowing it up. It came right around the Matt Chapman trade. And he had another really good year with the Mets. It was a 3.42 ERA. A lot of Um, ground ball outs, that kind of thing. So this is the kind of guy who's going to log a ton of innings for the Jays and has some versatility or some durability, not versatility. So it's a little bit less of a risk, I think, than Stripling, because, you know, when you look at Stripling, the 2022 season was fantastic, but the body of work isn't really there. So, and I mean, even who knows if Ross Stripling was interested to coming back to Toronto on the deal he wound up signing with San Francisco. It was two years, 25 mil.
0: Yeah, well, I'll touch on that in a second. For me, Bassett, the the reason this makes a lot of sense and maybe why we should have expected them to pursue something like this in hindsight is the top of your rotation: Gosman, Manoa, K. You're gonna live or die with those two guys at the front end of things. But the back end of this rotation has Jose Barrios, who, if you could describe his season last year in one word, it'd be inconsistent or disappointing. But inconsistent, right? And then you got either Kikuchi or Mitch White, who were both also, well, Kikuchi wasn't even really inconsistent. He was just (laughs) bad. Mitch White, I'd say, was inconsistent. So you have these pieces filling out your rotation that are, in a word, inconsistent. What is Bassett? Consistent. So if you're going to go spend the money, go spend the money on a guy who you can count on a little bit, who's not just
1: going to come in and turn into a potato. And it's also not a tremendous amount of term to invest. And that's the positive thing. You see Carlos Rodon's apparently commanding seven years on a contract oh now. Lord. And that's that's scary to hand out to a pitcher. Like there's only a handful of pitchers you'd like to be giving that kind of term to. And I mean, I said on last time, the podcast last time, I don't really give a shit about Rodgers' money. They, you know, can spend more freely than they do, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But you also don't want to hemorrhage yourself down with huge long-term contracts to starting pitchers that fall apart. And this is what we saw when the Jays signed Hyunjin Ryu. There was a risk. It was like, you know, this guy carries um, durability concerns. You don't know if he's going to get hurt or whatever, but they only signed him to a four year deal. It wasn't, you know, a seven year contract like what Rodon's looking for. So the thing is, is even if things go a little sideways with Bassett, which you probably shouldn't expect given the way he's pitched since coming up, you know, it's been five consecutive seasons of munching innings and being pretty good. You should expect that continues. But even if it doesn't, it's only three years. It's not the end of the world. It's it is what it is. So it's a it's a, it's a very reasonable contract for a three, four starter on a contending team. I think
0: uh, you touched on Ross Stripling getting the two year, twenty five million dollar deal uh, from the San Francisco Giants. I'll, I'll admit a little frustrating when you look at the Jays payroll and you go, OK. We are giving $12 million to Yusei Kikuchi, and we lost out on a chance to bring back Ross Stripling, who, good guy in the room, was a great story last year. Lost out on a chance to bring that guy back for the same amount you're going to be paying Kikuchi next year. It hurts a little.
1: It is. It's unfortunate. And I mean, good for Ross Stripling for finding what appears to be a really good opportunity. Like this contract gels for him really nicely because it's two years, $25 million all told, so twelve point five per year. And then he also has an opt-out after year one. And there's a massive track record of guys recently who have gone to San Francisco and pitched well. Like, I mean, think about Kevin Gosman. Yeah. They signed him to a value contract when he wasn't doing quite as well. And then he had a great season. They qualified him. He comes back and then he has another great season and the Jays sign him to a huge deal. So if you're Ross Stripling, there probably weren't too many teams interested in going. I mean, I imagine the Jays wouldn't have offered him a three-year deal or a four-year deal given given his body of work. So if you go ahead and you have another strong season in San Francisco, a place where a lot of pitchers do well, then maybe you can cash in immediately on a better contract. And I think that's maybe one of the things you consider when you're Stripling is... Given where the Jays are at, especially after they signed Bassett, it really didn't make sense for him to come back because is it a guarantee that he's going to be in the starting rotation all year? I don't think it necessarily is after the Bassett addition. Yeah. Before that, of course, yes, absolutely. But, I mean, maybe you say Kikuchi bounces back. Maybe Mitch White pitches well. Maybe Ricky Tiedemann demands a spot in the rotation and Ross Rippling winds up being their sixth guy, like their swing man. Never know. I was going to ask you this question. Let's say...
0: I want you to make a prediction and I'm going to give you 20 bucks if you nail this. In August, who's the fifth starter in the Jays' rotation?
1: Mm, so we're assuming everyone's healthy. Yeah, so assuming health. Things have gone well. Alec Manoa, Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios, Ambassador, your obvious one, two, three, four, five. And we're hoping nobody gets hurt. And that's a really good looking four, by the that's way. That's a really, yeah, that's a fantastic looking one, two, three, four. I think it's going to be Tatuman, to be totally honest with you. Um I think Kikuchi is going to wind up in the bullpen as one of their lefties in the pen I think Mitch White is the um, might, might also be another bullpen that's weird I don't know because then you look at putting both those guys in the bullpen and it's like how does that fit? How does that work? I think they want one of those two guys to be a starter, especially Kikuchi because he's a lefty, but I don't know. Like I just, I think back to Alec Manoa coming out of nowhere and being so good. We were like, oh yeah, Alec Manoa might be a decent reliever for the Jays in September of 2021. <laughs> and then he winds up being like their best starter. So I, you never know with this stuff. It's hard just, to predict. You just <laughs> never know. Like the Jays, they did it with Manoa. Maybe they do it again with Tiedemann. I'm I'm wow. optimistic. Maybe I'm just in a good mood on this mid December day. Why not? So the Jays get some dependability in their bullpen. You could argue
0: they get a little bit of dependability in the outfield as well, at least defensively with the addition of Kevin Kiermaier. But I think we'd both, uh, I think you'd agree with me on this. We're waiting for them to make a bit of a sexier splash at some point here. Um, The remaining free agents that they could potentially look to target. If we're going to narrow this bad boy down to left-handed hitting outfielders, you got a guy like Andrew Benintendi who the athletic actually did link to the Toronto Blue Jays. You got a guy like Michael Brantley. Jurickson ProFar also hits left and so does Michael Conforto, who I am wildly intrigued by. If you're looking at a situation in the outfield where, you know, Gurriel's an everyday player, Springer if healthy is more or less an everyday player, Kiermaier's there as well. If you're just looking to go and you also have Whitmerfield under contract who can do spot duty kind of stuff around your lineup. Conforto is a risk cuz he didn't risk cuz he didn't play last season. But the idea of him coming in And being a value pickup this year, a guy who has had success before, like, is he maybe a great buy low candidate that considering the stability they have would
1: be a great fit? You'd think, right? I mean, there was plenty of talk about them doing different buy low reclamation projects with different guys. I mean, like they were right in the mix for Cody Bellinger, right? And he signed a significant contract with the Chicago Cubs. I think it was, what, $18.5 million, just slightly less than the qualifying offer. Yeah. I mean, not like obviously he wasn't in the situation to be qualified, but his arbitration projections were right around there before the Dodgers um, non-tendered him. Mm -hmm. And uh, the indication was the Jays were in the mix for that. I mean, we don't know exactly what the Jays did offer him, if they offered him anything, what they were comfortable offering him. But just the fact that they were in that conversation, you'd assume that... They're in somewhat of a position where they feel comfortable spending money and taking a risk on somebody who may or may not bounce back. So then Conforto makes sense because he's obviously not going to command the same amount of coin that Cody Bellinger did because he's, what, three years removed from an MVP season, World Series winner. Pretty different animal. I think if you're the Jays now, you'd ideally like to sign somebody for that... Teoscar hey replacement who doesn't need to spend a tremendous amount of time at a designated hitter spot. Because I think as more time goes along, I've settled on the idea of being comfortable with the Jays keeping all three of their catchers. Really? Yeah. With the moves that are happening now... I don't know if I love the idea of the Jays. Um, maybe this is just the Oakland thing stressing me out a little bit, but it didn't seem like Oakland did particularly well in the Sean Murphy trade. They also didn't do
0: well in the Josh Donaldson trade or the Matt Chapman trade. So yeah, this, worth.
1: this could just be an Oakland thing where everyone knows they're not paying anyone and they suck and they're having a, their annual fire sale. So why would you pony up a premium to get somebody from the Oakland A's? We've seen it two different times with Toronto now. Donaldson and Chapman, the Jays didn't pay a premium for either player, and both of them are excellent. But I mean, you just see that return, and you kind of wonder eh, maybe we overrated the idea of what you can warrant when trading a catcher. Maybe there are just enough decent veteran names, like a, maybe a team's just comfortable having Mike Zanino as their number one catcher, and he's not particularly expensive. And that's just who you add in free agency. And as a result, you don't have to go and pay a premium to trade for Danny Jansen. I mean, yeah. you never know. But the other thing with, and I and I mentioned this during the season a, a whole bunch of times, this was my thinking as well, is that I don't love the idea of trading Jansen away because he spent all of these years learning the pitchers. And then all of a sudden you get rid of him and you have two younger guys and then Kirk gets hurt and Gabriel Moreno, who's a rookie, is your number one guy. It's just, the Jays have a really good thing going at a position where very infrequently teams have a very good thing going. So why get rid of it? The only reason that I... And again, just
0: because you keep all three from the jump doesn't mean you don't look to move one at the deadline. I don't like if they if the Jays are sitting there going, you know, we can win a World Series with Kirk and Jansen as our two. Gabriel Mourinho is not going to lose value playing half a season in AAA or being on your bench a little bit more than you'd like. He's going to have a ton of value at the deadline. Jansen and Kirk probably would, too. I think that's a good point by you. Keep your depth. And hey, guess what? If someone blows out their arm or tears their ACL rounding second in spring training, knock on wood that that doesn't happen, but you have some stability built in there. Yeah. And the value won't go away if you want to make a big splash at the deadline. Maybe you even know your needs a little bit better closer to the deadline. the The argument against it would be, you know, you need to take your foot off the gas on Springer's innings in the outfield. You do. And if you're going to clog up the DH spot to go to one of your catchers, and commit to doing that as a strategy and as your approach, then all of a sudden it gets tougher to jam Springer into the lineup as a DH. All of a sudden it's tougher to give Vladdy days off because you know you're going to want to do that as well. It gets a little bit more difficult to do things like that and, in my opinion, fully utilize the DH position.
1: Yeah, they can't They can't have a full-time DH, which is why I don't love the idea of the Michael Brantley signing, which... It's kind of a challenge because if you look at the front office, it, it makes all kinds of sense. Like they were right there close to signing him back in the George Springer offseason. Those two guys are really good friends. And yep. then, of course, the Cleveland crew, the, 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 the Cleveland crew, Shapiro Atkins, knows Michael Brantley very well. from He was one of the players that came back in the CC Sabathia trade in 2008. So, I mean, it, it does make all kinds of sense. But, man, he's kind of old, kind of injured. Not good defensively. That's the kind of guy where you sign him. You're like, yeah, I'd ideally prefer seeing Michael Brantley almost exclusively DH. The Jays can't do that because, like you said, Springer, Kirk, all those guys are going to be DHing a significant amount. So that's why it does make a little bit more sense, even if the upside and the risk, the, the not the upside, sorry, the risk is higher with a conf, with a Conforto than with with a Brantley. But at least the fielding, I think, is stronger. You're more comfortable having that guy in the field on a day to day basis. That's just kind of where they're at with their roster composition. So, who's the best
0: fit out of those names I listed? Are you a Conforto guy? Or you, would you maybe see them? Want to see them go get
1: Benintendi? Well, if yeah, if it's if if money's not an object, and you know, in my fantasy world, it doesn't because Rogers has an infinite amount of cash to deal with. Then yeah, Benintendi's the guy. He's a pretty big name. He. You know, he was formerly the number one prospect in baseball. I don't think he's really made good on that potential, but he still had a handful of good it. seasons around the 750, mm-hmm. 800 OPS mark. He was a member of a World Series winning team with the Red Sox. Not like he was a significant contributor there, but he was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if money's no object, then sure go for that. If 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 money is an object, then I think Conforto does make more sense. Jerickson Profar, it's weird. He hasn't been linked to anyone. Someone yeah. on Twitter, and I really wish I'd put this down in the notes because it was a pretty interesting thing, is somebody went around and looked at how many um, at the players and how many times they've come up in one of those ambiguous reports that says so-and-so has been linked. And at the time that that tweet came out, when, it, when, when I saw it, this was yesterday, he hadn't been linked to anyone. Not even linked to re-signing in San Diego. The guy just is not in the news cycle. It's weird. it's weird because he's a fine player. and I mean, that's another one of those guys that was, I think he broke into the majors when he was like 19 with Texas. And he was supposed to be like the next big thing was a highly touted prospect. And he had a really good rookie year at a young age and then just hasn't been that good since, but is still pretty good. And then your entire judgment of the player gets clouded because he came in at 19. You think he's going to be Ken Griffey Jr., but then he just becomes a solid replacement level platooner. And it always leaves a sour yeah. taste in the mouths of casual
0: fans when it's like, oh, well, he was supposed to be a superstar and he's not.
1: Yeah, you think he's going to be amazing. I think you kind of have that with Benintendi, too, as you just remember Boston Red Sox, high draft pick, top prospect. And he's just fine.
0: Jays fans almost have that a little bit with Kevin Biggio as well, right? Oh, yeah. Like if Kevin Biggio came up with no fanfare and was just cracking into the lineup every once in a while, would be like, oh, yeah, decent depth player on in your lineup. And because he came up at the same time as Bo and Vlad, people look at him and were like bust.
1: But to be fair, like the, the whole sportsnet media machine really pushed that. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. part of the big three. And that was a, a significant amount of pressure for him to that 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 His that, last name also brings a significant yeah. amount of pressure. Yeah, he already has to deal with having the last name of that and what what goes along with having a, a father that is in the Hall of Fame. But yeah. then <laughs> then Toronto media kind of pushed, Oh yeah, it's Bo Vlad and Cabin, Biggio. And Biggio just simply doesn't have the physical ability the skill to keep up with that projection and i mean if it weren't for that maybe we'd just be fine with him being what he is an internally developed platoon bench player and instead of what kind of the sentiment towards bgo is now among a lot of the fans which is that he's just so bad i think that's kind of unfair it's a bit it's a bit of a hyperbole
0: yeah Taking a look at some other news that is broken around Major League Baseball, we obviously had the big deal: Braves get Sean Murphy, Brewers get William Contreras, Athletics get a bunch of magic beans.
1: Um, I don't really have like a ton of insight there.
0: I think yeah. Braves and Brewers are probably happy with it; you're going to like it. Athletics enjoy mediocrity. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: Oakland looks like the loser on this trade. Looks like A's worked his magic.
0: Yeah, good move. A seems A's like
1: been. another good move by mm-hmm. a, a good move by Milwaukee. Terrible by Oakland.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the Twins get Christian Vasquez.
0: Me okay, cool, sure. good for you. Giants get Sean Mania. That doesn't really move the needle for me. Good deal, sure. Lots of guys going to the National League. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point, which is fine news for that's the Jays great. if American League teams are going to get worse. Uh, one big name, I would argue the biggest name, Carlos Correa. We aren't yeah. hearing a, like, it's not crazy reports. You know, the Giants are in the mix there. Apparently, the Red Sox could sniff around since they lost Xander Bogarts. Um, but what do you make of Correa? You, where do you see a good fit somewhere? Oh, the Cubs are a team that's heavily rumored.
1: Yeah, it's just, it, it was kind of the same thing last season, right? I mean, he he comes into free agency expecting to ink the huge contract like George Springer did the offseason before him, and then he winds up taking the one-year huge annual value show-me deal with Minnesota. And he has a good season. He was fine, but then again, it's the same thing. Is no one seems to be willing to pony up the cash that this guy wants to bring him in. It's almost like... It's almost like he's kind of stuck in the middle, not quite as the franchise shortstop, Mm -hmm. the Corey Seager or the Trey Turner that teams are willing to pony up the cash for. But he's obviously really good and he justifiably wants a huge contract and he just seems to be lost in the middle. And it's weird, too, because I think we talked about this during the World Series, but like.
0: You think about Carlos Correa because of all the success that he had in Houston. And it feels like he's been around for so long because we've watched him play so much baseball. He's 28. Yeah. Like this guy, Trey Turner's got an 11-year deal. He's a year and a half older than Carlos Correa. And yet Carlos Correa can't get that long-term deal. And maybe teams are worried just because he has played a lot of baseball at such a young age. Are you worried about durability and injury concern? But the thing is, that hasn't been that big of an issue. So I I don't know, man. I don't get it. I think you're right. I think he's stuck in this weird, mushy middle where teams just don't quite view him as that superstar central piece. And they're hesitant to want to give the kind of money he thinks he deserves. But I don't know. I think I see. I think the Cubs are a good fit for him. I think that's where he ends up.
1: Because I think you could also, if you don't want to pony up the 300, 250 million Mm dollars that Correa is looking for, you could just go ahead and throw money at Dansby Swanson. He's probably going to cost you significantly less. And
0: apparently the Giants, I saw a report today, the Giants could be really interested in him as well. Um, but yeah, Dansby Swanson, that's another one. Giants and Cubs, they're, they're, I think one of those two is going to be itching to do something bigger.
1: Yeah, the Cubs are are a weird one because they're throwing around cash and signing guys, but it just really feels like there's no genuine aspiration of them even being sort of good. Yeah. They're just, they're they're into that space now where they're signing guys for the sole reason of getting people to buy season tickets and jerseys in March and April.
0: Hmm. And to give a shout out to our friends over at points bet Canada, whether you want to wager on some hockey, some basketball, maybe a little NFL football as things start to get interesting there, or maybe the world cup final you've been in on the world cup, haven't you? Yeah. I kind of zoned out after team Brazil lost. Uh, yeah. Cause you're a big Brazil guy. I am. Um, I kind of zoned out a little bit after Canada, but a uh, potential matchup in the final. Yeah. Maybe it's Argentina France that'd be something. That'd be an interesting one. B- I'm shit. I'm kind of pulling for Morocco now cuz why not. That's fun. <laughs> well, our friends at PointsBet Canada have them at 6-1 to one to win their match tomorrow against France. So you could become a rich man, Coombsy, if you laid the right amount of money on Morocco <laughs> to beat France. Shout out to our friends at PointsBet Canada. Check them out if you are in Ontario. Uh, another name that the Jays were kind of linked to, and he's, again, we'll just finish chatting about some of the bigger names on the market. We heard them a little bit about Noah Syndergaard. We heard them a little bit about Nathan Uvaldi. Um, But it's hard to imagine they're adding another arm, right? Like if they wouldn't pay stripling $12.5 million or $13 Million to win the bidding war. I don't know if they're gonna pay. Like they're not getting another arm. No, they? there's
1: no way yeah. unless it's a one year show me deal type thing. Like maybe uh, one name that makes a little bit of sense here would be like a Corey Kluber. Another another Cleveland connection name comes in on a one year contract and they're happy with that. But and the thinking would be like,
0: hey, one year deal, show me. Maybe you work out as our fifth guy. You're gonna add some competition to the Mitch White Kikuchi thing. And if it doesn't work, you're cool being a bullpen arm. Yeah, you're okay.
1: Sweet. Yeah. And the thing is, is um, the other thing is like when you got Kikuchi there, like the only way you could really see them spending significant cash on their starter is if they somehow, some way managed to get someone to take on that contract. Inconceivable that would happen. I mean, actually, it's something we never really did, did too much thought about. Is there like a reclamation player who might fit like a position player who's got a left-handed bat that plays in the outfield that gets paid too much—it's pretty bad that you could trade Yusei Kikuchi for. Does that make any sense? I'm 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 just drawing a blank on who that player might be. No, I can't really think of who that would be. But it's an idea that we've never really explored. There was a very random note I put this in a news and notes post news and notes post during the winter meetings I did at the site. Was um, Joel Sherman, I think it was, the New York Post suggested this was before the Mets had even signed Justin Verlander. Hey, maybe they take a look at Kikuchi as a reclamation project. And I thought, why on earth would you even suggest that? Like just go sign Ross Stripling for the same amount of money. So many guys on the open market you could sign. Why take the Jays from under this? The only way it would ever make sense is if they took another player back on an equally as bad contract. I don't know who that is. If
0: you can tell, I'm very distracted by something that's happening outside our room right now. Someone got like one of those food delivery boxes dropped off to their door. Like a HelloFresh? Yeah. And there's a bird that keeps <laughs> flying by and just slowly pecking at the box.
1: Really? We should finish the podcast so we can watch yeah, it. We're going
0: to wrap this up here in, uh, in just a <laughs> second. Uh, shout out to our friends at Points by Canada and at DoorDash. Again, that promo code is day 25 We both don't have very good attention spans. So a bird outside has a... No, actually, we, we said we wanted to go 25 minutes. Today. This is a
1: podcast about... About Facebook. the news, damn it. No, this is about oh. birds. Uh, it's Blue a bird, Jays yeah. Nation Radio. We never said it was about baseball. It's about the Blue Jays, which are birds. Could be a Blue <laughs> Jay outside pecking away at that box, and that's what we're gonna go discover. <laughs> so fascinated by it. We are. We All are. right.
0: Have a good week, everybody. Uh, we'll be back when there's more news. We promise another episode before Christmas.
1: Yeah, we'll do another yeah. one. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can do that around Christmas. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, Christmas
0: Day. Cheers, everybody.
1: Best wishes.